1: Yes, I know I'm just an outcast. I shouldn't speak to you. Still, I see your face and wonder, were you once an outcast? Don't find on earth. God help my people. They look to you still. God help.
2: at the far now thanks for coming along on the journey once again backstage i'm mike ahead of me is mel and we have two guests in the studio today too Woo-hoo. Woo-hoo. we'll tell you all about them in a second first apologies for last week i was a little bit poorly so we had a repeat program Poo-y. and you got to hear all about jack little pearl all over again our musical of the week plus we talked in the last episode about practicing telling challenging stories safely mm. what kind of content on stage is a bit too much for an audience you can catch up on all podcasting platforms if you want to go back and have another listen to uh, whet your appetite all over again. So, how are you feeling? Better? Much better. Yeah. I was it forty-eight hours of just absolute confusion, not knowing which way I was up? But it was nothing COVID-related, nothing flu-related. Just a little bit of a, an inner ear thing where I just lost my balance. Oh, and it, yeah, that inner ear. It's like being drunk without the pleasure, without the involved. fun stuff. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. How I got there, I don't know. I woke up in the morning and just couldn't stand up.
3: It's a good reminder to us all to uh, take keep, care, keep taking care, mm-hmm. keep looking after ourselves, absolutely, etc.
2: etc. So, apologies for not being here, but back a hundred percent this week, hundred percent. And mm-hmm.
3: this week's musical of the week is the Hunchback of Notre Dame, based on cool. the original Disney animated film. Mm. Um, you mentioned we have a couple of special guests.
2: Yes, let's do away with the formalities and welcome them into the uh, into the program right now. Nick Hall and Kate Martin Booker from the cast of The Things I Know To Be True. Welcome, guys. Thank you for coming in.
4: Thanks for having us. Yes, thank
2: you hey, for letting us be here. Look, this is one we wanted to catch up on last week, actually, so I appreciate you readjusting your schedule to allow us to, uh, to get the chance to talk to you. An interesting play on lots of different levels, and I can't wait to Dig a little deeper with both of you about what it's been like working on the play, and also what we can expect from an audience perspective. It'd be great.
3: But don't tell us anything yet. <laughs> no. We're going to save. We're going to save it and make people stick around for it. Oh yes.
2: Shall we put them to work though? We will put them to work, Nick. If you'd do the great honour for us, Nick, of telling us uh, a bit about something coming up around the place, which is what we usually insert around about here in the programme.
5: Okay, so uh, a musical called That Bloody Woman is framed as a rock concert for Kate Shepherd and her gang to tell us the story of New Zealand's suffrage movement and to give us an almighty kick up the arse more than 125 years later. We see her and her friends transition from temperance to suffrage, taking on the anti-suffrage prime minister of the day, King Dick Seddon, and ultimately persuading a quarter of the female population to sign a crucial petition. But behind the public persona, her personal life was in turmoil, trapped in a loveless marriage, in love with her best friend, and deprived of her only child when she needed him most. Cool stuff. Huh? Dot dot
2: dot. <laughs> it was born to be a story
3: for the stage. I think Nick was born for the radio. That oh, was okay. great. That oh, yeah. great. Oh, don't <laughs> say that, please. <laughs> oh <laughs> man. Face for the radio. <laughs> so I didn't mean. It
2: that Can't wait to see this version of it. I've seen it three times in total now. So, so she's so like in love with her best before. friend. Was she gay? No. Her, um, well, kind of. Yeah. She was a bit fluid as far as that goes. But her best friend was actually a guy.
3: Oh, it's the guy, the husband of that guy, mm. eh? Yeah, of the woman. Yeah, 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 Okay, I see. Well, so you can book your tickets to That Bloody Woman and fill your calendars. Here's our non-exhaustive list
2: of what is coming up around the place soonish. I'll kick it off with The Meteor, That Bloody Woman. We've yeah, we've just been talking about that. Mm. Directed by Courtney Mail and Kyle Chewin for Bold Theatre. Opening date is August 26th, runs to September 3rd.
4: And then we have at Riverley Theatre, uh, Geezer's, directed by our very own Mike Williams, uh, for Hamilton Playbox, running from August the 20th to September the 3rd, as well as Saturday Night Fever, also directed by Mike Williams, (laughs) on stage in November with tickets on sale right now.
5: Uh, Cool. We also have uh, at Clarence Street Theatre, we have uh, Krishnan's Dairy, presented by Indian Inc., that's September 8th to 10th. They're doing okay.
3: They're doing okay. These guys, yeah, they're doing not so bad
5: for a cold read.
3: <laughs> at Navarra Lounge, open mic night tonight and every Wednesday. As always, bookings are essential to perform, uh, and the doors open at 6 pm. On Thursday nights, local artists live every Thursday, 8 pm. And this weekend on Saturday night, Blood Red Sky, a salute to
2: you too. That's on Saturday at 8 pm. Wolsey well, Theatre, Ta'o Mutu. The Farndale Avenue Housing Estate Townswomen's Guilds Dramatic Society's production of Macbeth, <laughs> presented by a Tao Mutu Light Operatic Society, is coming up in September.
3: I really enjoy that title, and I'm so jealous that you got to say it. I'll give it to you
2: next week.
4: <laughs> uh, and then we move on to Gaslight Theatre in Cambridge with The Things I Know to Be True, written by Andrew Bovell and directed by Chrissy Hodkinson. Uh, and we run August 6th to the 20th.
3: And features both of these two lovelies. Yeah.
5: Uh, after that we have uh, Pataradu Theatre Players, uh, The Mouse Trap by Agatha Christie, Ooh, coming up in September. Ooh. I, I, I grew up in a house that talked a lot about Agatha Christie, um, huh. my mum was a huge fan. You Might be worth going and check it out. Yeah. I probably should, yeah, yeah. I'm, glad, I'm glad to know Thank of you it. mum. She lives in Wellington, but I will try. I <laughs> <know>. <laughs>
3: I've learned of the Coromandel Players today. Yeah, I see that. Uh, they're doing a production of Constellations by Nick Payne. It's Nick. directed by Heather Long. That runs August
2: 19th to the 27th. I've seen a play in Coromandel. They have a very, very strong, for a small community, they're a very, very strong theatre group there.
3: I didn't know anything about them until today.
2: Yeah, it's a great little theatre too, very intimate. Yeah, stoked to know. rural Musical Theatre have The Colour Purple, directed by Nahiriwa Rohina. September 30th to October the 15th.
4: In Tauranga, at the Detour Theatre, we have The Mousetrap by Agatha Christie, running September 8th to the
5: 24th. Tauranga Musical Theatre, we have We Will Rock You at the Baycourt Theatre, September 14th to October 2nd. And then we have The Last Five Years, directed by uh, Philly Holmes, coming up in November.
3: Auckland Theatre Company have a rich little programme coming up. Dawn Raids by Oscar Kitely, August 16th to September 3rd. The Maid by Emily Perkins, directed by Colin McColl, that's September twentieth until October eighth. And North by Northwest, adapted by Carolyn Burns, directed by Simon Phillips, October the twenty fifth until November the nineteenth.
2: Also Auckland Live, James Brody, The Becoming Brody Tour is on for the ninth and tenth of September. Come from away. Yeah. Is rescheduled for August of next year watch this space or get your early bird tickets right now talk about early bird a whole year away oh I think I know what I want for Christmas wink wink (laughs) and by way of upcoming auditions and opportunities
4: auditions have been announced for Greece by Sprouting Rice Productions directed by Kyle Chewin at Clarence Street auditions are taking place this Saturday August the 6th check out the auditions page on Facebook
5: at Morrinsville Theatre they're holding the workshop auditions for uh, Mystery on the Orient Express directed by Murray Feast isn't that also Agatha Christie yes Yes. oh my goodness my Uh, mum's going to have to come up for a a full this is
2: going to be a theatre restaurant sort of theme thing so it's based on that
5: oh I see yeah okay Um, anyway so there are two sessions on August 28th uh, so check out the Morrinsville Theatre on Facebook for more information
3: auditions for HMT's summer season of Frozen Junior are coming up very soon. Watch this space or the HMT Facebook page for details on how to get an audition
2: if you or someone you know is under the age of 18. And Aroha Little Theatre will be auditioning soon for Joyful and Triumphant and we'll be looking for a cast of four females, two males, but they're also looking out for makeup artists who can age those performers over a course of 40 years, which is part of the uh, part of the trick of the of the play uh check out their facebook page for contact details also they put out a post yesterday asking for people to express interest in uh, a couple of roles available in waiting for Godot. i haven't got the details for the season in front of me i know it's in september cool so it'll be a very quick turnaround on rehearsals for that but what a great opportunity to do a great play
3: yeah i'd love to do that one day cool
4: um, so don't forget, if there is a show or addition opportunity that you want us to spread the word about, email Mel and Mike at backstagepodcastnz at gmail.com or let them know when you see them around next.
3: Well done, guys. Thank you.
0: The world is cruel, the world is wicked. It's I alone, whom you can trust in this whole city. I am your only friend. I will keep you, feed you, teach you, dress you. I will look upon you without fear. How can I protect you, boy, unless you always stay in here, away? Remember what I taught you, Quasimodo. You are deformed. I am deformed. And you are ugly. And I am ugly. And these are crimes for which the world shows little pity. You do not
6: comprehend. You're my defender.
0: Out there, they'll revile you as a monster, a monster. Out there, they will hate and scorn and jeer, oh, monster. Why invite their curses and their consternation? Stay in here, be faithful to me, you be grateful to me. me. Do as I say, obey and stay. Remember, Quasimodo, this is your sanctuary.
6: My sanctuary. Safe behind these windows and these parapets of stone, gazing at the people down below me. All my life I watch them as I hide appear here alone, hungry for the histories they show me. All my life I memorize their faces Knowing them as they will never know me All my life I wonder how it feels to pass a day Not above them But part of them And out there Living in the sun Give me one day out I ask is one to hold forever out there where they all live on where what I give what I dare just to live. The millers and the weavers and their wives Through the roofs and gables, I can see them Every day they shout and scold and go about their lives Heedless of the gift it is to be them If I were in i treasure every instant Out there strolling by the Seine Like ordinary men Who freely walk about there Just one day and then I swear I'll be content With my share Won't resent, won't despair Old and bent, I won't care I'll have spent
2: There from musical of the week, The Hunchback of Notre Dame. You're with Mel and Mike, joined by Nick Hall and Kate Martin Booker, backstage on Hamilton's Free FM 89.0 Eighty
3: nine point zero. So I picked Hunchback <laughs> this week because I know it's a favourite of Kate's. Uh, so I'll give you all the juice very shortly. But Kate, tell us why why it's a fave and what makes it ring your bell.
2: Ring your bell. Hey, I see yeah. what you did there.
4: I mean, Hunchback... The Hunchback of Notre Dame is such a classic Disney movie from my childhood, and I really just fell in love with the story extension, and it it brings a lot of the, like, griminess of the book back in, which I really enjoy. Um, And one of the really big draws for me was that in the original they tried to um, bring in sign language uh, for Quasimodo, which I thought was something could be super expanded on and opening up uh, sort of those musical ideas for deaf people um, so I really liked that point as well and just the music's so good. You know, I love a good musical album you can listen to start to finish and you know exactly what's going on, it flows from one song to the other um, yeah, it really does just tickle my fancy in every way (laughs) yeah, and the
2: music is epic. Very well expressed Kate Um, and dying to hear more I must say also talk about childhood experiences one of the very first movies that I remember seeing was the 1939 uh, film which was actually a remake of the 1923 film -hmm. uh, that styled Charles Lawton as Quasimodo also was the US screen debut for Maureen Ohara, who was only 18 years old at the time that she was in that. Um, they originally looked at people like Long Chaney Jr., Lionel Barrymore, even Peter Laurie to play Quasimodo. But Charles Lawton got it and did an amazing job. And I was blown away by that story. I was probably about nine years old when I first saw it. And I just saw the story about this guy and, I, and the whole crowd scenes where he was being manhandled and mm. abused. And I just, it was horrifying, but at the same time, a real awakening for me as a kid. And to see it transform now into a musical, I, just, I can't wait to hear more, so let's get on with it. Well, shall I give you the goods then? Please do. Okay, well, bear with me.
3: The history of this one is actually pretty cool, but I'll give you the quick synopsis to jog your memory first. Um, the musical begins as the bells of Notre Dame sound through the famed cathedral in 15th century Paris. Quasimodo the deformed bell ringer observes all of Paris revelling in the Feast of Fools held captive by his devious caretaker the Archdeacon Dom Claude Frollo. He escapes for the day and joins the boisterous crowd only to be treated cruelly by all but the beautiful Romani woman Esmeralda. Quasimodo isn't the only one captivated by her free spirit though the handsome Captain Phoebus and Frollo are equally enthralled as the three vie for her attention Frollo embarks on a mission to destroy the Roma, and it's up to Quasimodo to save them all. So that's essentially the film in a nutshell. In 1996, Walt Disney Animation Studios created the animation film adaptation of the Victor Hugo novel uh, that we all know and love. It received generally positive reviews, did reasonably well at the box office. Disney on Broadway, the stage arm of the Disney Corps, had staged successful versions of Beauty and the Beast in 94 and The Lion King in 97, uh, and following that, Disney wanted to move The Lion King to Berlin. And for a long time, Berlin Theatre was in talks to stage The Lion King, but after those negotiations fell through, Disney offered The Hunchback of Notre Dame instead. Oh. This project, announced by Stella Entertainment in March of ninety-eight, meant that Disney in Germany would be departing from its tradition of only importing shows that had already been proven to be successful on Broadway. Originally rehearsed in English, then fully retaught in German, the musical titled Der Glockner von Notre Dame. Oh, that was, I'm so bad. Okay, anyway, you get the gist. <laughs> Opened in June of 99 in Berlin. After a successful run where 1.4 million visitors saw the play, over 1,200 performances, wow. uh, it closed in June of 2002, so it ran for a few years. Yeah. That production cost 45 million marks to produce, much of which was subsidised by state funds. That production featured 42 actors from six different nations, and nine new songs were written for that version of the show. And this was Disney's first musical to premiere outside of the US, and it became one of Berlin's longest-running musicals to
2: date. What a success story.
3: Yeah, right? Isn't that interesting? It's such a nice departure from what we sort of usually talk about with these musicals that debut on Broadway.
2: Yeah, or have quite tortured beginnings, you know, where where they take forever to gather speed and finally get a break. Yeah, that's right. What a marvellous start.
3: So the musical was not staged again in that format for quite a few years. Uh, However, adaptations of the 96 film The Hunchback of Notre Dame could be seen in various productions around Disney theme parks and on cruises and what have you. In 2008, uh, Stephen Swartz revealed, I think we're starting up A Hunchback of Notre Dame, hopefully next year. And then, in November of two thousand and ten, composer Alan Mencken confirmed that he was working on an American production and that they would use james lapine 's book in January of two thousand and thirteen. It was announced that the musical would finally be produced for a Broadway performance with a new book by Peter Parnell and new songs by Alan Mencken and Stephen Schwartz, who did the songs for the movie and the original musical in April of 2013, the very first English adaptation of Der Glockner von Notre Dame was staged by the Fine Arts Department of the King's Academy Sports and Fine Arts Center in Florida. This version did not include all of the songs from that show, I just really don't want to say the name of it in German again. The,
2: the German one.
3: Yeah, and, ex- and excludes the death of Esmeralda and Frollo, which do feature in the German version. While being an amateur production, it is noted as the first English-language staging of the musical rather than a translation of the film. Then The Hunchback of Notre Dame had another workshop in Feb of 2014 and its North American premiere was at the La Jolla Playhouse in California in October of 2014 and ran through to December that year. And that production featured Sacra Profana, a local 32 voice chorus uh, who appear on the stage during the entire show. The La Jolla Playhouse production then transferred to the Paper Mill Playhouse with the 19-person core cast and three new cast members and the Continuo Art Symphonic Chorus until April 2015, after which it was announced the show would not move to Broadway. The structure of the show was finalised, though, with one song being cut from the show and then it was turned into a licensable work. It was also recorded as a studio album and that's what we're listening to today. And that features Broadway royalty, Michael Arden as Quasimodo. He's amazing. It's amazing. Listen to it. It is. An adaptation of the musical, debuted in 2016 at the Music Circus in Sacramento, embraced the novel's assertion that Quasimodo had become deaf after constantly ringing bells all his life by incorporating sign language into the show. Deaf actor John McGinty was cast as Quasimodo with a surrogate singer, one of the Notre Dame Saints, singing Quasimodo's songs while McGinty signed, um, which I think is what Kate's talking about. Yep. Sounds awesome. In December of 2017, the show finally got its New York debut with its New York regional premiere at the White Plains Performing Arts Centre, open to outstanding reviews. And Hunchback was performed in the UK for the first time at the Royal Welsh College of Music and Drama by the Richard Burton Company in June. And then due to union restrictions regarding the inclusion of the choir and the profitability for Disney from licensing to local productions, the musical has never been staged on Broadway.
2: Wow, that's amazing, isn't it?
3: So it's had all the success um, yeah. internationally and regionally, but no Broadway for Broadway's, Hunchback. Yeah,
2: that's that's quite a remarkable story, just yeah. on its own. There you go. That, and critically, how has it been received? I
3: think it's always received really well wherever it's seen.
2: I think the story is, is has got so many universal elements to it. I was surprised it didn't go to Broadway, to be honest. Yeah, I find that hard to believe, that Broadway couldn't see this as, as being an absolute goldmine. Right, well,
3: it sounds thing. like Disney
2: don't want... That to go so to they Broadway. want to protect their own interests. Or? There must be. There's got to be something. Got to be a way that they could do it and still get their share. Oh yeah, I don't know.
4: Surely it's a dark Disney secret for something, right? <laughs> yeah, like must if be. they're not doing it, Disney must have something <laughs> sneaky hidden somewhere else. Like the yeah. man in the bell tower.
5: <laughs> maybe. <laughs>
2: well, I'm going to yes. go out on a limb here and suggest that maybe that was all you had to say about that.
4: I
3: think you could safely assume. I could go on because it is such a well-loved piece of Disney history and there is so much rich stuff in there for us just to continuously talk about. But I've given enough to whet your appetite and go listen to more and check it out.
0: By royal edict, warrant of arrest. A gypsy known as Esmeralda. Being under suspicion of sorcery, witchcraft, and the arts of hell
6: Anyone found harboring or helping her
0: will be charged as well Hunt down the gypsy Esmeralda Don't let her flee and vanish in the night these are the flames of Esmeralda While she is free Your torches must burn bright down the gypsy Esmeralda Don't let her be And vanish in the night These are the flames of Esmeralda While she is free Our torches will burn bright Have no fear, my boy. We will find her And capture her. The wicked shall not go unpunished. The heart of the wicked is of little worth. The wicked shall not go unpunished.
6: All through the city at more fevered pitch than the bells of Notre Dame. Two gold pieces for the one
0: who leads us to Esmeralda.
6: Frollo's men sought
0: Esmeralda The witch with the might of Notre Dame Four gold pieces for the one who leads us to Esmeralda
6: Till at last they were told of a brothel Where they sometimes did gypsies from far. But the madam that forged denied knighted and swore by the same
0: for la esmeralda
2: never heard of her
0: if you want your house to remain standing give us the gypsy girl
3: i know nothing of gypsy girls
0: very well we'll set fire to it burn it did you hear me captain and he held the torch that crackled like the gypsy's voice Are you disobeying a direct order? And he knew this was the moment he must make a choice. I knew it. She's bewitched you, too. You'd throw away a promising career. Captain! Carry out the order! God help the outcasts, or nobody Coward! Oh. Traitor! gypsies born, you're relieved of your patrol Consider my highest honor Kyriella lays on, God have mercy on your soul Arrest Captain Phoebus! No! You see, there she is! Good people of Paris, I've heard the calling of the Lord The time has come to take our city back Save our Paris, expunge this heathen gypsy horde. Before we're overrun, we must attack. Pun down the gypsy and the soldier. Don't let them flee
7: and vanish in the night. we we'll find the gypsy and the soldier. While they are free,
6: our torches will burn bright. Fire, fire, smoke and flame. As my brother, where are you? In this dark I call her name Is that all that I can do?
0: What have I done for Esmeralda? Why did I hear her words inside my head? And still I think of Esmeralda With my career and body left
6: for dead Out there, somewhere she is Somewhere lost. she
7: is There's lost
5: was Esmeralda from Musical of the Week, The Hunchback of Notre Dame. Uh, you're with Nick and Kate backstage. Mel and Mike are here too, but you're backstage with Nick and Kate on Hamilton's <laughs> Free <laughs> FM.
2: I like that. What a twist.
5: <laughs> what a twist. Let's give them the job. Yeah. Actors. <laughs> Anywho,
2: we need to know more about you two now. The so real it's reason time you're to here. to turn our attention to uh, the, the play, I guess, but also your own uh, roles within the play and, and how you've approached that and all. So where, where would you like to start? Tell us everything we need to know, I guess, about the play, first of all. Things I know to be true.
4: I mean, I guess, we we'll, should we start with our characters? Yeah,
5: yeah, I suppose that's a good enough place to start, as any. Um, you might as well go first.
4: Without trying to give too much away. Yeah, we don't too want to a tricky one. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, it is a tricky one. We play siblings. Yes. Um, so the, the play is set around a family of six. Uh, so that's two parents, mum and dad, and then four siblings. So I'm, what, second oldest, and you're um, um, third? Yeah, second youngest. Second, <laughs> second youngest. So yeah, um, so it's pretty, it's it's cool and it's really nice to be back on stage with Nick. I was trying to think about the last time we did something together.
5: Yeah, I think it was um, like Cowboy Christmas.
4: Cowboy Christmas, I forgot about Cowboy Christmas. Yes. Cowboy Christmas, it's <laughs> <Yes. laughs> two years now yes, yes, um, since yes, yes. then.
5: And it, uh, and it's a much more intimate play than that one, so I feel Very. like we get to, despite our relative lack of uh, interaction directly in the play, just by how it's written, mm. uh, it's been a much more sort of close working experience with just the smaller cast um, which has been beneficial Mm. and in
4: the um, really small theatre space in in Cambridge has been really a really unique experience for me Um, definitely
2: Gaslight's great for that that you can do some quite kind of um, minimalist stuff on stage and it still reaches the whole auditorium and and it's it's why I like that space actually that you can do so much more with less so tell us about the play
4: Um, It's a family drama. (laughs) It's the best way i found to describe (laughs) it. Um, It
5: it touches on a whole lot of different aspects of family life and themes of sort of, I guess, primarily love hmm. and, like, giving too much or too little, I think, was was one of the taglines. But, yeah, it it touches on so many very important aspects of family life, and I feel like, and if Kate would agree, that I think everyone who comes to the show, and I don't say this lightly, believe me, would have something where they would look at it and they would go, oh, yeah, no, I've had to deal with that in in my life, you know, it's, it's it's not just one area; it's many, many areas.
4: The family is very set up like um, you're sort of like every everybody family. So, each character's so different and relates to everyone so differently that yeah, I, I truly feel people will find at least one character to understand and to connect with, especially in that family dynamic, where you know you sit at the top as the oldest or the bottom as the youngest or. You know our poor forgotten middle children. There's a, <laughs> it's a nice um, range of ages as well in our cast, so it's not just a young person show or a young family show. It's a lot more about adult children and their relationships with their parents once they've like moved out or figuring out how to do their own life and those kind of things. It's and it's very intimate. It's a very intimate show, sort of fly on the wall look into someone's house. Yeah. yeah.
3: How long? into their lives are we privy to
4: it's over the course of a year yes so like each character has a season almost yeah, yeah
5: it's it's sort of just in terms of the way the play is broken up without giving too much away um it sort of shifts focus between uh, the siblings fairly constantly and usually each shift is marked with a season change um and you just get to sort of like Kate said, be a fly on the wall in this family over the course of some very important moments over the course of about a year. Mm. Um, and they all sort of are connected because they all build towards a greater story, of course, but there's also sort of a bit... Like, each one has a bit more of a, a, a spotlight focus on each individual child, so it's a very ensemble piece in that way. There's no yeah. small part. Everyone gets a great showing, and every character is explored very fully.
2: mm How did you go about, as a cast, trying to achieve that kind of family dynamic? There's so much that happens within families that, you know, it's just tacit, it's understood, or you get a sense of there's a connection between people even without anybody saying anything often. Was that difficult to achieve, or did you draw on your own uh, experiences in that area, or did you have some tricks that the director used to try to sort of bring that more to life?
4: I feel like it really just came down to... Um, us as actors to, you know, that sort of extra work you put in here and there to get to know your cast and to understand what um, other people's intentions might be with their acting and really just trying to give uh, as much as we can and so like I know for our first couple of rehearsals, I was just like, okay, we're supposed to be a family. I'm just going to touch everyone. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. let's get rid of that personal space boundary real quickly. Yeah,
2: that's right. That's a familiarity, the, the, that ease of familiarity that comes from family members, mm. yeah.
4: And so the more, just the more we rehearse and I feel really lucky that we got to rehearse on stage the whole time, Um, something really cool that I've never done before. So it always felt like we were in a performance space. It always felt like we could find which place like where our place was. So the family stuff sort of just came as our lines got better.
5: Yeah, I definitely agree with that. I think um as we got more familiar with the play and every person got more familiar with their character, um, there was almost a sort of I don't want to say one upsmanship because that makes it sound like it was competitive, but it really did feel like everyone was elevating everyone else because there are so many powerful moments in this play that are All entirely on the the shoulders of of one particular character or one character in conversation with another character and whenever you are backstage or you know sitting in the audience watching them perform this you go oh I have to I have to up up my game now and Mm. and really elevate the performance and you don't really consider it at the time but that does sort of help everything feel really cohesive because now everyone feels like they're as intensely connected to the family as everyone else
4: um, and really interesting mm-hmm. a little sidebar. Really interestingly, we've all sort of like accidentally taken on our roles as well. So like Dallas, who's playing the the oldest, makes sure everyone's like on time mm. <laughs> and that the makeup's done <laughs> and that we're all in the right places and is worrying about everyone else and then um Amy who's the youngest was like the lines overachiever. You know, like uh-huh. we'd all come in and be a bit uh, rusty yeah, on yeah, our lines like, no, and like, first it. rehearsal she's knocking out her monologues like, yeah. left <laughs> right in centre so we're all sweating and really just heightening every, heightening each other and um, really falling into those characters nicely
5: yeah I think it's a remarkably well cast show mm. and I, I don't it, this is a because it's so ensemble based it, it kind of lives or dies on whether or not you can sort of really fall into your roles and I think everyone in the show has really taken their roles personally very seriously and or seriously in terms of the overall piece and how they fit with everyone else um Hmm. so we're really lucky in that way to just be working with each other and and everyone involved
2: Cool. really looking forward to seeing it well this is two
3: theater makers that i actually really respect so to hear them say that the show is going to be main makes me think mean, I can't wait to see it.
2: Yeah, looking forward to it. So they
4: not roll on. Mm. Oh, yeah. oh yeah, Mike
3: and I are going to come see it on Saturday night. I'm
4: so excited. Yeah, and right. the script is so rich. Yes. That it's given us so much to play with and so many emotions to bounce off Um, and all very different. Like your characters' monologues are very different to mine. Yes. Very different to um, Amy's or her characters Rosie and feeling really privileged to have that to work with as well so it felt like we couldn't really go wrong we, yeah,
5: because yeah. the I, script is so solid. Amazing writer. I think the, the first day that we all sort of showed up and met each other sort of for the first time we were all handed a sheet with just talking points on our character. <laughs> a very, very directory thing to do. Mm. Uh, but I feel like there was no halt in the conversation. We'd spent the entire sort of first rehearsal just talking and having things to say about our characters and briefly on each other's characters and from me who had only read the script through once by that point um, to have that much to say about it was really I was like, wow, this is actually a show with so much to dig into.
2: Cool. You said it's a family story. Specifically are there certain people you think should come and see the show?
4: Yeah, I mean I think if you're an adult in a stable mental health position, just come and see the show. It's for everyone, it's so relatable. Especially if you've ever had a fight with your sister or an argument with your mum or, mm. a, you know. No, no, no. <laughs> you think, you Yeah, exactly.
5: That's why it's for everyone. The yeah.
4: weirdest dad in the world. You, mm. Like, there's definitely something in there for everyone. And mm. I think it will really surprise people what they relate to as well. Because every character has very heavy subjects to go over while still being quite light and cheeky and worrying about the rest of their family. Cool. Yes, I I think that's that's quite human. They're quite human feelings.
2: Oh, I'd, like, I'd like to see people booking to come and see it, and they do that through Gaslight's own uh, website, don't
3: they? So yeah, it's
4: gaslight.nz. gaslight.nz. Yeah,
2: Easy
3: peasy. I'm going to put one more question to you guys, and it's a very, very hard question. This is, this is digging deep
5: now. Oh,
3: boy. It's a very hard question. If you had a gun to your head and had to choose, there's no sitting on the fence here, musicals or plays. Uh, I love you when you ask me to go get it. I love it. I love it.
5: <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Gun to your head here. You yeah. have okay. to choose. There I have is to choose my right answer. I mean, well, well, for me, because like, I mean, it depends so much on the mood that I'm in. We talk so, about I this know. often. Yeah, and like that's...
3: Any given day it could be Any different.
5: given day I would feel different, but I guess overall I've been in a play mood recently. I've been sort of digging more into sort of more heavy dramas I did very recent I mean because I've been alternating I did Intricate Art of Actually Caring*, mm-hmm. and then I did Heathers and that was going from a two-hander monologue heavy performance to a big out there musical and now I'm back into this and so I'm really feeling the sort of the drama and the, and the heaviness of a straight play at the moment I then, hear you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, maybe yeah. maybe next week I'll, I'll think differently and depends I'll really on what, Hunchback. depends on what you're working on <laughs> like yeah. time, once it? you've yeah. listened to Hunchback
2: Yeah. So yeah. Let's go right. for it. so Nick's a fence sitter
5: uh, I, I'll, I'll, if I have to pick a camp, I'll say plays for now, I and mean, that's where I got my start anyway. <laughs> okay. But, yeah. okay, yeah, I'll, so I'll, I'll say plays.
4: Gun, okay. gun to my head—that's aggressive. I have to pick plays. Really? I have to pick plays. I mean, musicals are amazing. I love them. They have time and place and stuff, but I don't feel like you can dig into a character in a musical the same way you can in a play. You know, I
3: totally when, agree. I don't, but allowed to.
4: I, you know, my personal opinion. <laughs> when you are, are given a, you know, like a massive ballad in a musical, your notes are set for you, your tone is set for you by the music, by the musicians. When it's a play, you you choose, and your character influence chooses, and and your acting style and ability chooses rather than the script. You know, you, and me, and Mike will all read the same paragraph differently. And I think that's the, that's the thing with plays that makes me fall in love with, with the them every time. And the director can have a
2: big influence on that as well.
4: Yeah. True,
2: definitely. I, I almost 100% agree with you. Um, and generally, I'm the one that sits here and says, no, I love plays more, for all of those reasons. But I love it when I do a musical and I get given the opportunity by the musical director To change phrasing Mm. or to adopt a different attitude when singing a song, that I can invest a bit of my own or do something fun, my own view of the character into that. But you're right; there are limitations in that because you still got to sing the song the way that it's written. Otherwise, you're not doing justice to the composer and to the lyricist and everybody else involved as well. So I still I side with you on that, Kate. I think uh, the play's the thing, as somebody called Shakespeare once wrote. Well,
3: I, know, I happen to know that Mike changes his mind like he changes his underwear. Oh, come on. So mm.
4: Every day I help. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
3: uh, but I'm an entire fence sitter, and I get to be because I'm the one with the gun.
2: Oh. Uh, all right, but sure. while we've still got Nick and Kate here, I want to ask one, one further question. You said that was one last question. Please do. Let's, let's add one more to the mix. Both of you are working on this project at the moment, but what is next on the horizon for you each? Mm. Or things that Ooh. you would like to do?
5: Mm. Oh boy, okay. Um, oh, I don't have anything lined up. I was going to be in a, another um, children's production with uh, uh, Cecilia Mooney. Um, stories I, and more. Yeah, stories and more. Um, I've worked with them almost as much as I've worked with you, Mel. <laughs> I think just slightly less. But I, I think that's been um, sort of withheld for the time being. So at the moment, I'm not sure. But, you know, just going on those instincts, I suppose, probably something a bit lighter than, yeah. than this production. Just uh, to, to keep myself diverse. well like that. Cool.
4: Yeah. And for me, same. I have nothing on the horizon, really. But... I-
3: She's curing the Christmas show. Oh,
4: yeah, I'm curing the Christmas show, but that's not the same. (laughs) It's not the same. Um, But I really want to get... So we have an accessible theatre company called Loud Creative, and we got a bit stuffed over by COVID, and I would love to get our show that we... We're putting together in our last set of classes on stage, and that's sort of the the next thing on my list to try and get pushed out.
2: That was part of my question: What would you like to do, and what what would your ambition be to get done, like in the next six months, so COVID willing and all that sort of Mm. stuff? Mm. We don't take anything for granted in this in this room. Anyway, cool. Good to hear from both of you about uh, stuff you've you've involved in and your aspirations. It's great. Yeah, big time. Good to know that the creatives are out there and still got stuff they want to do. Hmm. <laughs> Try
5: it. That's why Tryin'. the creatives
2: not <laughs> stopped. We have to say a very big thank you now to Free FM, as always, for hosting us here at Backstage. And also thanks to Creative Waikato for sponsoring us. You can catch Backstage through accessmedia.nz, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts. All, all of the po- podcasts. Pick a podcast platform you'll find Backstage with Mel and Mike. That's all you have to do is look for us.
3: And you can check out Facebook and Instagram for our backstage
2: updates. You know, I should have mentioned that.
3: You know, it's fine. i got you. (laughs) That's what friends are for. So lovely to have my wife here with us.
4: That's me, if anyone was confused.
3: (laughs) Yeah, not Nick. (laughs) Not Nick. Uh, And Nick, of course. (laughs) my other wife.
5: Yes, Uh, I've (laughs) been in enough of your shows now that I might as well be. I think it's uh, like common law marriage or something.
3: I'm into it. I'm into it. Uh, Thank you guys so much for coming and joining us. Thank you for
4: having us. Yeah, thank you very
3: much. We'll get you back
2: sometime. Mel and I will definitely be back next week with another musical of the week, and I think it's my turn.
3: It is definitely your turn, and we are going out today with and what else? Could, what else would you go out with? The bells of Notre Dame from the, the Hunchback of Notre
2: Dame. I still love that story. The bells of Notre Dame. Notre I am now going to investigate this musical, which I have not listened to until today.
4: Endless classic, the classic. Hunchbaker really, just
2: once again, I've been Mike. She's been Mel. They've been Nick and Kate, and you've been backstage.
3: Stay classy, theatre nerds. Bye. Bye. See you.
1: the bells of
6: Notre-Dame, the fisherman fishes, the baker man
7: bakes,
0: to the bells of Notre-Dame. To the big bells as loud as the thunder, to the
7: little bells
1: soft as a song. And some say the soul of the city is the tall
7: of the bells.
6: of Notre Dame,
0: Claude the Older who cared
6: for his brother, young Jehan full of beauty and charm, and And they lived and they grew and 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 awoke to the music of
0: Underneath these arches and this sacred hill, yes. oh. we are blessed to find our sanctuary and our home.
7: Righteous
6: was ever more drawn, like a son to Notre Dame, not like his profligate brother Gian, who'd have none. Of Notre Dame
3: Though as brothers They
6: loved one another Frollo watched in despair And alarm As they grew For wild and defied And defiled
7: all the law
0: You must leave Jayan, this holy refuge where you've dwelled. Leave, but father... Sorry, Claude, but I've no choice. Your brother is expelled. And Frollo didn't hear from his brother for several years. Meanwhile...
6: Frollo ascended uncommonly fast through the ranks of Notre Dame. Till he was named the Archdeacon at last and gave
0: thanks to
7: Notre Dame, Dame.
0: And then one doleful day he brought a message And the name that it bore was Cheyenne
7: And concealing his face Frollo stole to a place far Away, away.
0: me take you back. I'll bring you home. Brother dearest, come with me where we will find a remedy and Notre Dame once more will be your sanctuary healing you will be my goal not just your body but your soul will be together in our holy sanctuary enough Claude it's too late for me anyway but if you've truly discovered charity at this late date there's someone you can help a baby yours oh a monster it's God's judgment on you. The wicked shall not go unpunished. I should have known. I was a fool to think that you would look after him. Look after him? Me? He has nobody else. Take him. If you can find it in your heart. Cheyenne. Cheyenne! I may not have saved my brother, but I will save this thing. See this loathsome creature from whom lesser men would flee. I will keep and care for him and teach him at my knee to think like
3: And Frollo gave the child a name
0: A cruel name that means Half-formed Quasimodo
1: Now here is a riddle to guess If you can
6: sing the bells of Notre Dame What makes a monster and what makes a man